You're listening to the Holistic Spaces podcast brought to you by Mindful Design Feng Shui School. Episode 193, Get to Know Us, Interview with Laura Morris. Welcome to episode 193 of the Holistic Spaces podcast, where we hope to inspire, educate, and empower you to create your own holistic spaces that nurture and resonate with you. Angie Cho and Laura Morris are the founders of the Mindful Design Feng Shui School. We teach feng shui online at mindfuldesignschool.com. Check us out. We have a practitioner's certification program. We also have a mailing list with special free events and offers only for our newsletter subscribers. So be sure to sign up in the show notes or visit us at mindfuldesignschool.com. Scroll down to the bottom and you can sign up for our mailing list there. So for the next two episodes, we thought we would do something a little bit different in case we have any new people that don't know much about Laura or me. We wanted to interview each other. So we're going to start with Laura. So I'm going to interview Ms. Laura Morris today. Excellent. So Laura, Mm -hmm. could you please tell me about yourself and your business? (laughs) Okay. uh, My me and my business. Okay. Well, my name is Laura Morris. As you guys know, I'm not a super interesting person. I don't like to talk about myself a lot. So but what I will do is I will tell you briefly a little bit about me. I, I'm Canadian. I live east, about two hours east of Toronto. I live in a small community called Prince Edward County. I am a feng shui practitioner, obviously, and a feng shui teacher. And most of my time is spent teaching feng shui and running the mindful design school business. So that is my main business. Although my personal brand business is Morris Feng Shui and I do, you know, consultations, but I would say 90% of what I do is mindful design. I have a son and I have a husband and I have two kitty cats and I have a horse. And I love working on mindful design. We're coming up on our fifth anniversary next year, which is really exciting. So we're trying to think about things that we can do for next year. I love teaching. I love the students. I really love making the courses, content, all that stuff. Yeah. That's not a very expiring answer, Angie. And you're Canadian. I am Canadian. I said that at the beginning. I'm I'm a proud Canadian. Yeah. For all the Canadian listeners out there. Okay. And because I write a lot of the content, like I, like Angie and I come up with the content, but I physically put it into docs and stuff or in our courses, I intentionally add things like color with a U or favorite with a U just to bug Angie. Sometimes I'll send her a screenshot on a text that I have a big red marker that crosses out the U and then she'll always respond with it's a King's English. (laughs) And now it is the King's English Mm -hmm. as of two days or whatever. But yeah, yeah. That's me and my business in a nutshell. Well, can you tell us what brought you to feng shui? What's your feng shui story? Mm -hmm. My feng shui story. Well, I used to do a lot of interior design. Originally, I was actually in business. I was a director of marketing at a big business, a big company, big multinational company in the big town, big city of Toronto, Ontario, when I lived in the city. And then I began to work and design. And I start, I took, you know, I studied, I went to school, I did all that. I shifted gears, I shifted careers and I started doing design, but it, it, for me, it never really 
clicked, but it didn't click. I loved the creative part of it, but I wanted to do more. And I'd known about feng shui for years. I mean, it must have been 20 years in the early 90s. I had books that I've played around with. I took a really small little course here and there. And I just felt like in my design business that something was missing. So I decided to really dive deep and to study feng shui properly. And I joined the program that Angie and I met in, the BTV Masters program, which is in New York City. It is no longer, it does not exist anymore. It has dissolved. And I went to every three months, I would travel to New York and study for three years. So what is the most unexpected thing you learned about feng shui or that you didn't think was related to feng shui? Hmm. Probably for me, it was the personal chi work. I think all the personal chi work that we do, because my background was in design, that was my kind of foray into it was really looking at the space. I understood that it was more than just moving furniture. I wasn't you know, I knew that there was deeper significance in all of the design details and color and all of that stuff. But what I didn't know was that that extended to reading people's chi, to be able to look at someone's energy and being able to look at the space would actually tell you something about a person too, which I just found for me, that was like the biggest aha, being able to look at a floor plan or look at a space understand what that means from a feng shui perspective and then talk to the client about it and then go, yeah, that's exactly right. And so that kind of stuff, being able to use the space and the tools that we have in feng shui to learn something about someone that they, you know, either a couldn't communicate, hadn't really surfaced. It's just, it's that stuff really just came out of nowhere. I had no idea that the power of that. Yeah. And I know that part of your story is also that you took like a weekend feng shui program and got kind of, and and then you try to jump into feng shui and Mm -hmm. I took a five day. Yeah. I took a five day course in Toronto live and it was actually four days. And then she took us on one consultation and it was in a different perspective. It was classical. Mm -hmm. And at the end of it, I just felt like I had not enough information or as I like to say, just enough to be dangerous. Like I really wanted, I had a lot of questions along, okay, I get that, but what happened? What do you do when that happens? How do you resolve that? How do you adjust that? And I didn't have the answers that I wanted. So I went looking for those answers. So let's go into more Laura questions. Get mm. Laura. So Laura, what do you do for fun? I like to travel. I like to hang out with my family. I have a horse, so I like to ride. I'm an equestrian, so I don't ride as much as I I used to, but I do like to ride and I paint. And I am an artist. I like to paint as well. Um, Yeah. So painting, I was actually doing a lot of painting. I haven't painted as much as I'd like to. It's something that you can always come back to. But um, I have quite an extensive background in painting and art and stuff that I like to tap into once in a while. Yeah, you have a whole different Instagram for that. I do, and I haven't done anything with it in a while. I feel like since Mindful Design has really, it's kind of really grown for us, you know, over the past two, three years, the past two years, for sure. 
I've been pumping so much of my creativity in that, that I don't feel as much of a need to paint. So I haven't been doing as much painting, which is fine. I'm totally cool with that. <laughs> and uh, actually, I'm going to skip ahead to a question that seems to work with what you just mm. said. What are some big transitions that have happened to you since we since you and I first met mm -hmm. or, or since we started working together and we create, since we've created mindful design school in the last five years. Yeah. I definitely feel like I've got a handle on, I'd already been an entrepreneur for uh, working on my own for almost five years by then. But I found that this school and working with a business partner, which was new for me has really given me boundaries in terms of how to create my business. And so it's been really good. I've enjoyed a lot the creating the structure and that is because feng shui, it was a lot of me going out and doing consultations, which was great, but I liked the fact that I built this up. So that was a huge shift for me was to have this business built up and have so many other people join. It was just, it's been really awesome. And I think what's I've gained over the last five years would be perspective. I also just turned 50. So I think there's something, you know, to that of getting older, but yeah, I, I feel like things, I don't stress out about things as much as I used to. I feel like I've, I've managed to put things in perspective a little bit more. Yeah. And, you know, speaking to the boundaries, I was just talking to one of our students the other day and she was talking about how the program has really taught her how to work with boundaries, not only in light of being a feng shui consultant, but in all aspects of her life. So mm -hmm. I think you and I really do our best to model that for ourselves, for each other and mm -hmm. for our students. Um, what would you say to your 20 year old self? Mm. 20 year old self. Wow. Okay. So I would have still been in university and I was going to do my master's. I, first of all, that would have been in the nineties. I would have told me not to pluck my eyebrows. Number one, um, because I regret that I was, I was okay, but I really, really wish I hadn't done that at all. Oh, I would have also kept a lot of my clothing now. It's back. I just ended up buying shoes that are like, I literally had half of this or like my, a blazer I got. I had all these clothes. So I would have kept my clothes. And, oh man, that's a really tough question. I don't know. I think, I think I would have told my, my 20 year old self to, to be, to not be afraid of creativity. I think I was always a very creative kid who was artsy, not very structured, not very, like I was pretty artsy fartsy. And I always tried to get away from that and be more business and button down and all these things. But I think I, sh I, you know, just to embrace my creativity and know that it's, it's going to support me through the years. What are some things that you're doing right now that as you're, a 50 year old self that you're excited about? Mm, well, um, well, planning new, th I mean, it's all comes back to work, which is pretty pathetic, but, um, no, I have other things in my life, but I, I am excited about some of the new stuff that we're working on. I am actually really excited about what we're pulling together for, for next year for the program as it being our fifth year. And I, my husband and I've decided to, you know, my son is going to be going off to university probably in the, well, in the next year or so. And so, you know, we're 
trying to figure out what we're going to do for, you know, for the next however many decades that we get. So trying to slow down a little bit and just my time just spoke, you know, focusing on the school and, and planning for the future. It's not very interesting. Um, well, I don't, I think it's very interesting because <laughs> the way that I just finished writing the chapter in my book right now about the desk and because we don't have a job where we go to work and sit somewhere and do something that we don't like to do. Actually, our work is intrinsically woven into our it is, yeah. creativity and our path in life and we love it. Like, mm -hmm. so we're very fortunate. Yeah, and it's actually super amazing. We just don't want to make everyone jealous. <laughs> you know what, though? But that's what I would tell my 20 year old self is to not worry because it'll it'll come to listen to your gut and to just, you know, when you want to try something new, you don't have to quit everything and jump ship, but definitely start to play around with it. See how things feel. Try something new and try something different. I mean, that's what I did. I feel like, at least for me, when we work together, I'm always looking at how do we make this more of what we love, Laura? I mean, what what do we what can we do to shape this into what we want? Yeah, we're at a point in our lives now where that is more important too. When you're in your 20s and your 30s, it's it's like I want you're hungry and you just you really are like driving. You've got that wood chi just going crazy. Now we're, you know, we're, we're at a place luckily where we can say, does this work for me? Doesn't this work for me? What works for the students? What's the best course? And, and coming at it from, again, having that perspective and that grounding is really important. Yeah. This would have been better if you hadn't have plucked your eyebrows. Exactly. That <laughs> at the end of the day, that's the key takeaway. Well, so you, if you don't, if you haven't listened to all our episodes, you have to listen to our episode about face reading. Our, we have a few episodes about mm -hmm. face reading to learn about what we're talking about there. Sorry, it's a teaser. You have to go back. Okay, because this is about Laura, not about face reading. Okay, so Laura, mm. who is your favorite hero of fiction? Ooh. Oh, boy. I have to say Gandalf. I'm a total nerd. I like Gandalf. I wish I were Gandalf some days. I want to be a wizard and I want to hang out with hobbits. Yeah. Gandalf. Well, you hang out with me. I'm pretty short. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. You're not from the Shire though. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's, what is your personal motto? My personal motto that I like to say to myself, I wouldn't, I don't, well, I tell people this occasionally if they're, I say, do not borrow worry. Don't borrow worry. So and I think my mom taught me that, or I think it was my mom. So basically I like, I'm the kind of person that if somebody tells me something, you know, I overthink it. And so I'll think eight steps ahead and, and, and into the future that has not happened. It, and, and who, and it, it's, nobody knows if it's going to happen. And I worry about the things that might happen that are nowhere near happening. So that's it. So, so don't borrow worry. You don't need to worry about something that hasn't even happened. Just focus on what's in front of you. Relax. Just do that. And, and the worries that I think are going to happen in the future, like never pan out. So it's just, you know, stop worrying. Like a true Canadian. Mm. Borrow. Borrow. How do you say it? Borrow. 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 To I'm take. A... Why? How do you say it? Borrow. Borrow. 
Oh my God, Boro. Oh my God, I'm so, so, so you know. Boro. <laughs> so my husband's been saying, pulling me aside saying, you know, you're picking up all these Canadianisms. <laughs> and then I was saying, oh no, am I going to start to say Boro like? Boro, roof? No, no it's Boro. Okay. Boro. <laughs> Boro. So A's. Okay, okay anyway. back to Laura. Okay, hey. Laura. Which words, <laughs> which words or phrases do you oh, you're gonna, most yeah. overuse? Borrow. Okay, you no, I don't use that, but I tell you what it. Okay, two things. Oh boy. <laughs> oh, I, I got that from. You. Oh boy, you do that now too, and this is bananas. <laughs> I say that too. I'm I'm actually this is like a metal thing. I've noticed. Yeah. I really am very sensitive to the way that other people speak, and I pick it up very fast. They're also really good because you know I try not to swear too much, which I do. By the way, I do swear a lot, but in, I try not to. I try to be you know because again, that's again just trying to chill out. So I've tried to use phrases that I still love that are you know like that that kind of sum up how I'm feeling, and I feel like oh boy is like my one and then of course i do like that's bananas Bon and bonkers oh i don't I, so i've picked up the oh boy and i've picked up the bananas and i see those both um <laughs> all the time i think it's also kids safe right so you probably pick this up yeah, when you probably yeah and like for 17 years now yeah mm -hmm. probably but i yeah. don't say the other one which i've already forgotten bonkers no i don't bonkers say <laughs> uh okay so uh, what is your most treasured possession? Oh, ah, yeah, yeah. Um, hmm. apart from you know possession, so not person, so an actual item, a tangible item. It might be my grandmother's earrings that she gave me. My grandmother gave me these earrings, and I, they're one of my one of my most important things that she gave me. So yeah, probably that. I wear them when I want to feel, you know, that I connect with her. Yeah. And what would you mm. like for a superpower? <laughs> you know, I would, I, okay. I always would think back to who are my favorite superheroes because I'm a nerd. If you hadn't guessed with the, with the Gandalf answer. Did you um, almost say Gandalf? I did almost say Gandalf. <laughs> that would be if I was like really <laughs> borrow my Gandalf. Okay. Who do I most like? I, I always go to super strength. I don't know why. It's totally not useful. I, I mean, it is useful, but I feel like it's really shallow. But I would want to be like, I don't know, like, yeah, super strong or maybe telekinesis. I want to be able to move stuff and not have to like, you know, go anywhere. Okay. But, yeah. And what, and then my addition would be, what is your superpower? Oh yeah. So my girlfriends and I, when we were in university, we all went through what our superpowers were. My girlfriend's was running in heels, which is, was awesome. Mine, mine was, mine was, and I think if she's listening, she has to text me. Mine was uh, communicating with animals, animal communication. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Like I fully feel like I'm like, yeah, animal communication. Like since I was young, that's my yeah. super, that's my superpower. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then last but not least to close, what is your favorite simple feng shui tip? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I really like, and I do this once in a while, but definitely in the new year is I like to, it's not a traditional BTB, you know, black sector 
adjustment. I have lots of favorites of those, but one that I can share with everyone would be feng shuiing my wallet. Just getting either getting a new wallet. I don't get a new wallet every year, but every few years I do. Cleaning it out, getting rid of all the junk that accumulates in it because that's a whole bunch of old money, stagnant money chi, then putting in it my new red envelope with my $108 from the bank that I get. And I wrap it up in a red envelope and I put that in my wallet. And then I add whatever animal of that year is Angie's little silver. She gives me a silver little thing for whatever animal it is. That's the friend of the year. And I hang that on my wallet. So that's my one thing. And, you know, stay tuned when we do our uh, reset, which will be in November. We're going to open that up. That's a while away. A while away. I know that. But our New Year reset that I'm sure a lot of you have participated in. But I do that in the new year or also around my birthday. Okay. It's like a so reset. just to summarize, mm -hmm. you get a new wallet usually, but you at the very least clean out your wallet. You go to the yes. bank, you get $108 yep. new yep. from the bank. You put it in a red envelope, you yep. put it in your wallet, and then you also make sure you have in there the Zodiac Animal Charm for the year, which we sell at the Holistic Spaces store. That's right. And this is enumerated somewhere. <laughs> In, what, in our blog oh, or something. You know what? And actually, if you go to our YouTube channel, I think there's a video too. There's a how-to okay. video. Yeah. So we, we'll we'll make sure we have that in the show notes too. Mm -hmm. So you can you can click through to that. So thank you, Laura. Thank you for letting me interview you. Well, thank you, Angie. It was a pleasure. It was very fun. <laughs> you're you're up next. Get ready. Okay. Well, thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Holistic Spaces podcast. You can tune in every Monday for a new podcast episode. If you like our podcast and this episode, please share it with others. You can support the podcast by checking out our certification course and other mini courses that we have at mindfuldesignschool.com. It would be super cool to see you on our mailing list you can join our mailing list and you get a weekly email with special offers that are only for our newsletter subscribers you can click through on the show notes on the podcast app that you're listening to this with or you can visit mindfuldesignschool.com scroll to the bottom and there's a place there to put your email to sign up thank you so much for listening and we will see you next week